Welcome to the Walk With Me podcast. I'm Pastor Stephen Bond from the Vine Church in Chapel Hill, Tennessee, and I'm excited that you are walking with me. What we do each day is we look at about three chapters of Scripture that I'm just organically reading through in my time with the Lord, and we're going to discuss them for around 20 minutes. You're going to get the most out of this if you read these chapters individually, but hopefully together we'll be able to hear the voice of the Lord as we're meeting each day. I'm stepping, I'm stepping out on your word. I'm stepping, I'm stepping out on your word. I'm stepping, I'm stepping out on your word. Today's passage comes from Ecclesiastes 9, 10, and 11. We're nearing the end of this book, and we're going to move into um, the final book of poetry, which is Song of Solomon. Then we'll start moving our way through the prophecy, starting in Isaiah. So we're going to be we're going to be right there in just a couple of days because Song of Solomon is is a short book. Um, so then we'll complete our that'll complete our our books from the from Solomon as he, he contributed the majority of the book of Proverbs, and then we believe the entirety of Ecclesiastes and Song of Solomon. And so we'll then move into Isaiah. But in chapter nine of Ecclesiastes, he says. But all this I laid to heart, examining examining it all, how the righteous and the wise and their deeds are in the hand of God. Whether it is love or hate, man does not know. Both are before him. It is the same for all, since the same event happens to the righteous and the wicked, to the good and evil, to the clean and unclean, to him who sacrifices and him who does not sacrifice. As the good one is, so is the sinner, and he who swears is as he who shuns an oath. There... This is an evil in all that is done under the sun, that the same event happens to all. And so, <clears throat> again, we have to try to understand the words of Ecclesiastes in the correct spirit. We have to understand the place in which um, Solomon was at, the time in which he was living, the access that he had to God, the understanding that he had of salvation. And then he was speaking purely from a place of the earth and what and what does he see under the sun happening here? And so, you know, there is kind of a belief that, you know, good things happen to good people and bad things happen to bad people. And, you know, there's a there's some of this that, that is true. And the reason why is because the more sinful your life is, ultimately there's going to be repercussions to those sin, not even those that are caused by God, not even in, as a form of discipline, just because sin is complicated. If you cheat on your wife, it's complicated what will happen then next. If you rob a bank, it's complicated what will happen next. You may serve time. Uh, people, if you go around telling lies, people will, your, the power of your word will diminish and people will no longer trust you. Right. You know, and just, and so on and so forth. All these, all these different things, you know, even leading up to not practicing Sabbath as we should, we'll be tired and weary and, and, We'll have repercussions from living lives instead of being rested and rejuvenated in the Lord's presence. We'll we'll instead be uh, tired and weary and anxious. And so, to say that the the good things happen to good people and bad things happen to bad people, there's a there's a side of this that's true because those that are practicing righteousness and walking according to the the way of the Lord, they are not going to be. Um, they're not going to be uh, tasting of the wicked fruit 
of their labor, so to speak. Um, that which has been sown will be good, and there will be good also growing up. Whereas when we sow bad, bad grows up. So that part is true. But then there's another side of it that's true, which is what Solomon was leaning into, which is this understanding that, you know, everyone dies, and everyone loses loved ones, and everyone goes through seasons of drought and famine and complications, and people get laid off from work, and, you know, all this kind of stuff happens, and it does happen to the righteous and to the, and to the wicked alike. And he, he felt like that wasn't the way it should be. Okay, essentially saying it frustrated him that, um, that, that life existed in that way. But it's actually wisdom to know that because when something bad comes upon you, you know how to receive it as a, as a pattern of life, that there is a time for everything, right? Then we have the additional promises of God and we get to see, we see through, uh, we see in part all of God's wisdom. We'll never see all of God's wisdom, but we see in part, and it's strangely dim how much we understand. But I do believe we have access to understanding more than Solomon did because uh, of all the books that were written in the Bible following him, all the revelation of the Spirit of God that was given following Solomon's life. Not to say that we're wiser than him, but to say that we have access to more of God's um uh, character and more of God's promises and just more of God's nature than he would have had access to. And of course, through the spirit of Jesus, we have the ability to interpret and apply these truths to our lives. And so, you know, Romans eight twenty eight shows us that God's going to turn all things together for good. Well, that automatically changes my my input or my understanding rather of how bad things are happening to me because it's actually rather simple-minded and foolish to think that good things are always going to happen to me. Well, just good's going to happen to me. I'm just always going to have good happen to me. Well, you're going to be disappointed with that outlook because we live in a fallen world and we're going to bump into people that are that are wicked. We're going to bump into people that are good, but they're struggling. We're going to, we're going to, and bad things are going to happen. And ultimately we're going to lose loved ones and people that are near to us because none of us are getting out of here alive. Right? Because we're not, we're not supposed to. We're not going to live here forever. So we're going to be caught up in the midst of this. This is earth. It's not heaven. Right? There are, there are, have, there are portions of heaven that are coming down. Right? Because Jesus prayed on, on earth as it is in heaven. Right? But ultimately, at the, in this present standing, this is just earth. And so therefore, there are things that happen on, in a fallen world that we'll be exposed to. It's, a, it's important and it's good to understand that even. Otherwise, we'll blame God and lose our faith entirely when things don't just go perfectly. And, and, that's, and that's just not realistic, right? Look at Paul's life. He's shipwrecked. He's beaten. He's flogged. He's whipped. Things weren't going the way that he wanted, wanted them to. Yet God somehow turned it all together for good. Through his trials, grew his character. It created in him endurance. It created in him one of the greatest examples of contentment to learn how to be content in all circumstances. We read Solomon say that contentment is wives. Well, how do I achieve contentment through trials, which then make me wise? So sometimes I have to go through trials to have wisdom. James said, rejoice when you experience various trials, for it's a testing, but the testing produces something good in us, right? But if I have the simple mindedness of bad is bad things happen to bad 
people and good things should happen to good people, then I'll get nothing from the bad things. And God's wisdom is deeper than that. He actually wants to give us good things from the bad moments. And so we have to have that understanding that life is filled with good moments and bad moments, but God intends to use them all. He doesn't waste anything, right? So he works all things together for good to those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So once I step into relationship with him, I love him with all my heart, my mind, my strength, my soul, everything. I love him and I'm following the calling that he has for my life. Then I know that whatever comes, God will make it good. Not, not easy, not fun, not enjoyable, but he'll make it good. Even the most hurtful of moments, I'll be able to look back and see how he did it, how he worked it together for good. That's, that gives me a peace and an, and an assurance that I don't know how people can even live without. And that, and that also creates a lot of fear because, because of this, I can, I can laugh without fear of the future because I know that whatever comes, God's going to work it together for good. And there'll be, there may be moments that come that don't look good on the surface, but I know that ultimately they'll be made good. And, you know, you look at Joseph's story. This is just God's character. Look at Joseph's story. Was it good that his brother sold him into slavery? No. Was it good that Potiphar's wife lied and made him, and made him thrown out of Potiphar's house? No. Was it good that when he was down in the cellar of the palace interpreting people's dreams, that when they promised that they wouldn't forget him, that they went into the king's house and forgot all about him and years passed while he was it were any of these things good no but joseph was good so why didn't good happen to joseph well he was living in a fallen world and and dealing with fallen people and so sometimes if you deal with enough you know people that are fallen then you fall <laughs> you you deal with you deal with you know i always say people are peopley and don't take it personal they can't help it so he dealt with a lot of people that were peopley and dealing with their own struggles. But yet, what was God going to do? He was going to work it all together for good. He was able to stand before his brothers in Genesis chapter 50, verse 20. The very brothers that sold him into slavery that were now coming into the kingdom in which he lived to beg for food. And he was able to look them in the eye, reveal to them who he was. They didn't recognize him. And then he said, what well, you intended for evil, God intended for good. See, that's God's character. So no matter what evil is intended for us, God will turn it for good. So I have that promise. And so, but, but Solomon, just in the very place of wisdom, Solomon says, I just wish that, that good would come to those who are good and, and bad would come to those who are bad. And sometimes we would wish that too, but there's a deeper place of understanding God's character in the midst of it all, if that makes sense. And, and so I know the whole time I'm reading Ecclesiastes and trying to explain it, I just feel like I'm, it's so deep and, and complex. It, you know, my study Bible has completely frustrated me um, <laughs> because it's offering me nothing. You know, I, I don't lean on it that heavily, but you'll reach these little passages and you go, oh man, that's kind of interesting. I wonder what someone else's take on that is. And turns out they don't have a take on it because it's so, it's so deep. It's like, you know, chew on this for yourself, basically, is a lot of what Ecclesiastes is. And so don't take my word for any of it. Just go chew on it yourself because you're going to get a lot of it. You're going to get totally different things than what I'm getting out of it, too. But I think there is a couple of themes, and I'm trying to just hit those major themes um, as we go along. And so um, 
basically, um, again, the, the heart of what he's trying to say is, and I, I hope we can get to the heart and not get tripped over um, things that are insignificant. The heart of what he's saying is good doesn't happen to those that are good. Bad doesn't happen to those that are bad. That frustrates me. Well, what, what can I take from that? I don't need to live my life thinking that good is always going to produce good. Okay. I do good because God is good. I don't care what the outcome of it is. He sees all. He sees what I do in secret. He'll reward me. Maybe it'll be on earth. Maybe it'll be in heaven. But the reward will come from him. It won't come from anyone. And um, I just recently was in the presence of a conversation between a couple of different people. And they were all trading their stories of good things that they had done for people where a thank you was not reciprocated. And it offended each person equally. So they were all sharing their testimonies. You know, that's our, that's our carnal nature is that even when we do good, we immediately from the moment that we do it, we just expect that good would be reciprocated. And, um, and Solomon's saying that's not wise because it doesn't work that way. Don't do good with the intent that good will always be done back to you. Right? Instead, do good because God is good. And he sees you and he'll reward you. And it may not come from the same hand that you gave it to. You may go out of your way for this person and they don't even, they just look at you and walk away. And you handed them, you know, $2,000 that you cleared out your bank account to give them. If it hurt you that they didn't even say thank you, then you, then you didn't give it to them in the right spirit because you should be giving to them because God has given to you. It doesn't matter what their response is. God saw what you did. And God's going to reward you for it. But the reward doesn't come from them. And you may even get to the, down to the end of the month and you're missing those $2,000. Well, God, what's the meaning of all this? I gave them $2,000. Given, it shall be given. Where's my given? <laughs> they didn't even say thank you. I'm $2,000 short. Well, what's the meaning of this? What God's, what's God trying to do? Well, maybe he's trying to keep you, you know, trying to create a deeper reliance in you. You know, it's just God is God. His wisdom is amazing. I'm going to have to talk about some other verses today, but it's just, it's just amazing just to linger on some of these principles. And, and we need to try to get our Christianity deeper than, you know, that of like karma. And, you know, it's just, it's just, it's not that. It's not good and good and bad and bad. It's not that. It's, it's, I'm good to others because God is good to me. And bad may come, but God will turn it together for good too in its own time. And I'll give. And it may not be immediately given back to me in the way that I think that it will be, but the promise is that He'll give it back to me. It'll be shaken together and pressed down and running over in my lap. It'll, but, but, but if I give $2,000 to someone and I don't receive back $2,000 in the next three months, did God not keep his word? I don't know. Let's look at the last three months. What have you experienced? Well, I've experienced deeper joy and peace and my relationships have been thriving. Okay, sounds to me like God opened up the windows of heaven and poured out a blessing on you. Don't be offended that he didn't pour out an earthly carnal blessing. I think it's better for a God who has everything at his disposal when we give something carnal that he would actually give something supernatural, right? So, so we can't even try to figure out how God's going to return back to us what we give. It's to, he's not a slot machine, right? He's not, he's, not, he's, not a, he's not a lottery ticket. He's not a scratch off. Well, I got, I gave my $5 in the offering plate and I didn't get back 10. Well, I, I want to give you more than what you gave me. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? All right. Um, okay. Uh, 
where to go. Verse 7. I love this passage. Go eat your bread with joy and drink your wine with a merry heart, for God has already approved what you do. Let your garments be always white. Let not oil be lacking on your head. Enjoy Enjoy life with the wife whom you love all the days of your vain life that he has given you under the sun, because that is your portion in life and in your toil at which you toil under the sun. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with your mind. For there is no work or thought or knowledge or wisdom in Sheol to which you are going. Okay, so we're understanding here that we're all going to die again. We appreciate Solomon for keeping that on the forefront of our minds. It's it's a blessing to us. Seriously, I mean, we do. We need to know that. it's We're going to die. I'm not going to make it out of here. I don't care what happens with modern medicine. I'm dying. And so are you. So what am I going to do in the meantime? Well, again, there's this concept of I'm going to enjoy life. Now, I'm not going to enjoy life sinfully because that because because I can't enjoy sin is not enjoyment because sin always has a price to pay. Right. So it's not about sinning to enjoy life. It's about enjoying life righteously. And so I'm going to I'm going to enjoy I'm going to eat bread. I'm going to I'm going to celebrate with people. I'm going to have a merry heart. You know, I'm going to put on nice clothes. I'm going to anoint my head with oil. I'm I'm going, this is all just the understanding of just enjoying what God's given me. I talked about this the other day, but I want to, I want to touch on it again. And I'm really not getting as distracted as it seems. I know I get distracted, but I've actually read these three chapters. And even though I'm not going through them, I'm, I'm really giving the whole concept of what I, the essence of the three chapters were about, I feel. And so, you know, I spoke on this the other day. It was um, this understanding of our responsibility to enjoy. And I shared with you, it's even written in my office, you know, Stephen, all I ask is that you enjoy it. And the Lord was ministering to me about how to enjoy my life. But again, I just want to touch on that one more time is that it's irresponsible to not enjoy the life that God's given me. And I'd go one word further and say disrespectful. It's disrespectful to not enjoy the life that God's given me because he's given it to me to enjoy, right? And so there's no other word to it other than to say spoiled or to say a brat that takes all that he has. He's not satisfied by any of it and he just wants more. And so as children of God, it's absolutely irresponsible and disrespectful for us not to enjoy the wife that we've been given. Enjoy her. Take her to town. You know, I don't know why we're going to town. It sounds like we're in the 50s, but take her take her out for dinner. Take, you know, enjoy her. Be intoxicated with the wife of your youth. Enjoy your husband. Sit down with him. Take an interest in what he takes an interest in. Enjoy your children. Go outside and throw a football with them. Paint with them, Right? You know, take them, take them to a movie. Enjoy this life. Cook something good for dinner tonight. Sit down at the table together. Break bread. Laugh. You know, I know this sounds simple, but it's wise. Why? It, 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 because God's given this. You don't want to look back and realize, man, everything that God gave me, I just let collect dust. And, you know, now it's all gone. Enjoy life. It's what God wants from us. He approves of us enjoying life. Not, not sinfully. See, that, see we, we, we think in enjoyment is sinful, but it's not. Worry is sinful. Envy is sinful. Enjoying life is good. It's righteous. It's wise. So enjoy life. And, um, you know, he goes on and 
he talks about um, if a person lives many years, verse, this is chapter 11, if a, if a person lives many years, let him rejoice in them all. Just this call again from rejoicing and uh, to rejoicing, call to rejoicing. And he says, you know, we don't understand how even a child could be formed in a mother's womb. There's things that we just don't understand. And yet we're to do a few things well. And one of them is to enjoy life, rejoice in all of our days. I like verse 20 of chapter 10. Even in your thoughts, do not curse the king, nor in your bedroom curse the rich. So there's just a there's just a power of understanding wise people live bridled lives even in their thought life right wise people think the right thoughts they take a they take responsibility for all of their actions even their thought actions right and um it says in verse 10 of chapter 11 remove vexation that word means anxious thoughts toiling or worry remove vexation from your heart and put away pain from your body for youth and the dawn of life or, or vanity. There's no, sounds like Jesus, right? There's, do not worry for all of the worrying won't add anything to your life. Just enjoy your life. And so it just kind of, as we leave off today, and uh, there's so much in Ecclesiastes and there's so many little things I'm not even touching, but I still think the essence of what we're reading, especially in, in what we've read today, should prompt us, challenge us. To go and enjoy this life, not from this mindset of, you know, you only live once, I'm going to die, you know, because if you have that mindset that you're going to go out and be sinful, because you're going to think, well, there's no penalty or whatever, you know, that's this worldly way of wisdom, you know, just go out and do whatever you want to. No, that wouldn't, you couldn't enjoy life that way. The life of a man and a woman married together, yoked by the Spirit of God, is a triple braided, braided cord, is a life of greater enjoyment than people that go out and promiscuously enjoy whomever they want to. That life is not better. I'm telling you, that life is complicated, right? Because that's not God's intention for love. The life of going out and drinking every night is more complicated than sitting at the dinner table, you know, with, with your family, breaking bread, right? Or uh, the, the, the life of working 100 hours a week so that you can make $200,000 a year is not better than a life that works just as much as he needs, and makes just enough that he needs and spends the rest of his time with his family. So when I say enjoy life, that doesn't mean go out and waste away your time doing sinful things. It means look at what's in front of you. Just do this today as we exit. Look at what God's put in front of you and stop wasting it. Start enjoying it.